Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> awesome to see everybody in here. Thank you so much for everyone coming to this class. Really appreciate everyone uh, uh, coming to participate in this. I uh, want to thank uh, Dave and Dale for all the work that they put into the uh, previous classes up to this point. Dave and Dale put a lot of time and effort into it and really appreciate uh, uh, all the teaching that they did. It was very, very beneficial. Um, dealing with depression is um, uh, very much under the topic that we've been having over the last, I don't know how many weeks with regards to practical living, self-control, uh, self-discipline uh, all through Christ. It, it, it very much falls within that. And one of the things was whenever this all came out, uh, the very fir first couple classes, Dale came up with a survey and asked what are the things that uh, you guys would like to really delve into. And there's uh, sexual self-discipline, there's eating self-discipline, and, and depression and stress just was at the top. And so uh, we as elders decided to uh, have that as more of a topical study uh, towards the end of it so that way we could dive into it because that was something that was on people's minds. Um, and uh, the timing worked out with the classes that we were going to do that I ended up being able to do it. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to do it, but I, I was thinking, man, how, how are we going to get people to come to a class about depression? That's not very exciting. Um, but one of the things is, is it impacts everybody. It truly does. Um, it might have impacted you and you didn't know it. Uh, it's impacted someone that um, you know and you might, have been, you might have had an opportunity to uh, help them and you didn't know it. And so it's something that we need to keep top of mind because it impacts everybody. Uh, with that, uh, I'd like to start off with Psalm 68, verse 19. Psalm 68, verse 19. Um, there's chairs over here. Uh, Psalm 68, verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears our burdens, the God who is our salvation. One of the things that uh, I'd like for us to pull out of this is, is first and foremost, um, burdens are pretty much a daily thing. There's daily stresses that we have in our lives, and they could be good or bad. There's good stress, there's bad stress, but there's, stress that, but there's, there's daily stressors that we have in our lives. Um, and also, we're all going to have them. But we have something that we're supposed to do with them. And what's that? Give them to God, right? And so that's going to be our theme throughout this, because... Uh, the Lord is there to bear our burdens. He's there for us. Um, and we need to know that. If we don't know that, then we don't bear our burdens to Him. We don't share them with Him. And that bearing of our burdens could be done different ways. It could be uh, going to a brother or sister and talking to them. Uh, that's through Christ. Um, and, and God might have put that person in your life to, to listen to those stressors, to listen to those things that you have going on in your life. So that way you can relieve that stress onto them and, and God might be working through them in some way in your life. Um, so with that being the case, we're going to jump into it. All right. Over the next three weeks, our hope is to cover uh, uh, the definition of depression. We're going to really delve into the, the beginning part of it, actually defining what depression is because that's important. The characteristics of depression, so that way we can recognize it. Uh, the causes of depression. And also, most importantly, the biblical steps to the solutions. Because that's something that we really need to make sure that we are cognizant of. Because if we see that we have it creeping into our lives and or in someone else's lives, we need to know what we can do to help ourselves and or those who we love. 
Uh, we're going to set some expectations up front, and one of the things I want to do is first and foremost let everyone know that this is being recorded. Uh, the audio and just the screen up here is being recorded, uh, so please know that. So if you're going to say something, keep that in mind. We want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable, but we want to make sure that you know that. Confidentiality is going to be at the top, and when I say that, it's like, hey, it's being recorded, but we have confidentiality. Those don't really go hand in hand, but what I'd like for you to keep in mind is, is if you're telling a story or you're sharing with the class, you're sharing with just this class, don't use your name if you don't want to. People out there who might be listening to it on the internet don't know who you are. But by you sharing in this class, we would all like for you to know that we're going to keep it confidential within this class. Don't take it outside this classroom, okay? That's one, that's one expectation that we'd like to set up front with everybody. Uh, we want everyone to be respectful of each other. We want each other to respect each other's opinions, experiences, boundaries, and also the time of each other with regards to the class because sometimes we go off on jackrabbits and we want to stay the course as much as possible. Also, uh, we want to use this as a class for prayer, to stem our prayer forward. So what that means is, is as we talk throughout this class, if someone shares something that they're going through, use it as an opportunity to pray for them. Uh, use this as a, a class to find an opportunity to maybe pray for yourself a little bit deeper. So that way you can either help those who are in need or yourself. Uh, also, we're going to beg for participation. Uh, I'm not a professional teacher. Uh, I don't know it all. Uh, there's people in here who have had a lot more experience than me in life. And I respect that about you. And I hope that you're willing to share that in this class. Because where the value will come in this class is when people actually share and that will add value to the class. Uh, there's going to be pre-work, which I hope everyone printed off and has uh, done. If you didn't, no big deal. Uh, I have the uh, questions right here if anybody needs uh, some. The printer broke, and I got home late last night. I didn't read the email. I got here early, 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 early this morning, and I walked in and I saw a sign. I'm like, oh no. Then I checked my email and I saw printer's broken. So <laughs> if you guys need copies, it's on the internet. You can print it off. Um, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a psychiatrist, okay? So for anyone who doesn't know me, everyone in here knows that, but for those who might be watching this on the internet, I don't come to you with any type of degree in anything like that. Um, I have my own experiences, I've seen things, but this is going to be a class that we're going to walk through things together, and there might be some things that are brought to the class's attention, and there might be questions that are asked, I'm okay with not having the answer for them. Because I might not, it's not something that I'm supposed to have in some cases, but we can work through it together and also if we need to take things off, we'll put a pin in them and we'll get an answer later on. And last but not least, I ask everyone to please be willing to open up during the class. Uh, with that being said, this class is going to have a prevailing rule, it's love. So whenever you hear somebody say something, um, listen to it with loving ears. And the reason why I say that is in the world of guys, when someone starts to open up, they open up that box and they start to let out their feelings, we punch them right back in. Because we don't want to hear your feelings sometimes, right? And so being kind of from a redneck background and being a police officer, I was very much raised in that type of environment. We're going to open up that box and we're going to listen with love, okay? So, how does one describe how depression feels? You guys answer that. How's it feel? Dark. Dark. What was that? A weight. A very weight. Absolutely, it's weight on you. Yes. Um, it's 
for me, it personally feels like strings are just kind of not connecting to each other, so it feels like my mind is spiraling. Absolutely. Um, and my emotions are kind of swaying back and forth down a hit. Man, you have a whole lot of stuff in there. Absolutely. Anybody else? Tiring. Tiring. It's exhausting, isn't it? Alone. Alone. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Absolutely. Anybody else? All right. I have some here. And some of them are going to be doubled up from what you said. It feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders sometimes, doesn't it? It just feels like it's just bearing down on you and you just can't lift up against it. That's a miserable feeling, isn't it? Sometimes you just feel like you're stuck. You're in a rut. Um, you don't feel like you go right. You don't feel like you go left. You're just stuck where you're at. And you don't see any light out of the tunnel. Um, sometimes you can't see the light in the situation. Something happens, you automatically go to the negative. When there's actually light to be seen, you sometimes just don't see it. Um, you can't see the good in things. Have you ever had a person, you go up to them, you're like, hey, good morning, how you doing? What's good about it? First reaction is, well, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. Or should I go, wow, there's something going on in their lives that got them down. I'm guilty. I've got frustrated with people whenever they said stuff like that to me. I'm like, I'm not going to say good morning to them anymore. They waste my time. Shame on me, right? That was selfish on my part, right? They're obviously having a tough time with something if they're going to answer that way. Uh, can't feel happiness. Very much like what you described. It's just, you're dark. You, you feel like you're spiraling downward. Um, that's, that's not a good feeling. You feel down all the time. Who's, it, who's this impact? Everybody. Everybody. Doesn't matter if you're tall, you're short, you're skinny, you're fat, you're pretty, you're ugly, you're black, you're white, you're purple, you're poor, you're King David. It absolutely, absolutely impacts every person in this room. I would like for someone to raise their hand, and if you're too shy, that's fine. I would like for someone to raise their hand if they've never experienced a certain level of depression with regards to being sad about something, being dark about something, feeling gloomy about something, <laughs> feeling some of these things. I was really hoping someone would raise their hand, otherwise that wouldn't work out. It, of course, we've all experienced it, right? It might be just a quick moment where something didn't happen like we expected it, or it might be something that has drug on a lot longer than we had hoped it would. But that temporary moment, you were depressed, right? Not a good feeling, is it? And the hopes of this class is long-term to figure out how, whether it's a short moment or a long-term moment, we can get out of that feeling, it, can anything bring back the blue skies of contentment? Because whenever you don't see the blue skies that are there, they call it a, a, a night sky film. Uh, I don't know if anyone's uh, seen those types of pictures. They'll take a picture <coughs> or a photograph and they put this film over it where it looks like it was taken at night. <coughs> I don't know if anyone's ever seen those. It, they're pretty cool. And some of them, you know, for photography is beautiful. <laughs> but there's sometimes where people actually have that view on life when they're depressed. It's a beautiful blue uh, sunny day out but they have this, this filter on of depression that it's just, it's nighttime all the time. It's dark. And, and that's a miserable way to live. 
if we don't control it, if we don't seek help, if we don't find ways to, to get out of that. Uh, David, who experienced depression, who was the king, who had everything at his fingertips right, um, the most important thing he had was God. And he found a way to answer that question of how to get the blue skies back. Uh, he exchanged the darkness of despair for the light of God's hope. So, can someone read uh, Psalm 42 for me? 42 and 11. And that's actually up here if someone wants to read it, or you can read it from your Bible. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Right, let's talk about how David overcame it. Alright, we're going to go to a pre-work, okay? So this is going to be question number one, question number two. And like I said, if you haven't done it, it's okay. But this is where I really hope that we get some discussion. Uh, because this is where the value comes. If I could get someone to read uh, question number one. How did David describe his depression and his relationship with God during his depression? Alright, it's an open floor. Despair, abandonment, with tears. He used the word disturbed twice, I believe. <coughs> Multiple times, yes, he did. In verse 6, he says, My soul is cast down within me, therefore I will remember thee from the land. And then he goes on to how he remembers him, but describing how his soul is just downcast. Just downcast. It's just dark. Even when he talks about that, of if you look at it, his, his loss of desire to give himself nutrients. Right. He says, my only food has been my tears my day tears. and night. That, that, that's where he was at. It's such despair. You know, in, the, in that chapter 42, he talks about as a deer pants. So it talks about this, this stress with without Christ. It's just this longing, right? So, um, I'm a hunter. I love to hunt. And if you've ever been around animals that are stressed out, we have cattle. Sometimes they get sick, they get stressed out. They'll pant. They'll, they'll, if they need water, they can get stressed and everything like that. It, it's a very vivid picture that he actually puts there. It's a longing for. Um, the next thing he goes, when shall I come? Uh, and, and it's a deep, or when, when shall I come? It's a, like a deep longing that he talks about. He's just like, when? Um, he talks about his tears, the, the deep sadness and stress. He goes on to, to talk about being uh, cast down and uh, I, I like the word disquieted soul. His soul is just stirred. It it's, it's, has turmoil within it. I mean, he goes through all these things, and he talks about his soul being cast down again, you know, forgotten me, and, and he just keeps going on, he, mourning and oppressed, breaking of my bones. Um, then he goes on to say he, he cast, he's cast down again. But how does he deal with it? What's, what's the other side of that? As he goes through each time, he talks about it. You can always go to God. Turn to God. God. It's a prayer, yes. In his darkness, he yearns and longs for who? God. He recognizes him as God and he and it says he helps, he's the helper of his what? It says his countenance, right? So when your countenance has fallen, has anyone ever heard of that? What's the opposite of whenever that your, your countenance is lifted, right? So who can lift your countenance? God, right? The Lord will command his loving kindness in the day 
and in the night. Uh, his song shall be with me. When we, got, when, we, when we got God in our hearts and we got a song in our hearts, is it easy for depression to take hold? No. King David suffered depression. I mean, he did some bad things. He, he, he lost family members because of his sin. I mean, there's some bad things that happened in his life, right? Did he have every reason to, to be depressed at times? Absolutely. However, what was his answer? He turned back to God. Absolutely. Mine says twice, hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. Give Him praise and honor and glory to God. Absolutely. Alright, so, now, number two. This one is a little bit more uh, personal. And I'm hoping that we have someone that's willing to share with question number two. David found his help in bringing his difficult emotions to God, right? And as a part of it, it was a prayer. So, question number two says, as a prayer to God, describe your experience with depression. So, is anyone willing to, to share what they wrote for this? I wrote, it's like a black cloud. It is. And you can't get interested in anything. Absolutely. It is. A black cloud. I mean, just darkness. And not being able to get into it. I mean, I've heard people say, I can't enjoy food. I can't, I, I, I read something recently of a friend. She's like, I, I'm looking at my kids. I know I should be excited for them. I, I know I should be finding joy in them right now. I just can't. However, where is our hope? If as you walk through your writing of your prayer here, and I didn't know if we would get much involvement on this one, and that's okay. And thank you so much for sharing. My question is, is as you walk through your prayer and your feelings, did it turn into, I'm going to lay it on you, God? I'm going to give it over to you, God? You are my hope, God. I'm struggling right now, but God, I'm giving my depression over into your hands, and I have faith in you that you will turn it around for me. Is that how your prayer ended? I hope it did. Yeah, sir. I was just going to say, when I was going through things, and I always started by asking God questions. You know, like, one of the biggest things for me was, how can there be no tears in heaven? Because you've cried so much in this life for situations or whatever. And then I, as I went worked through it, I put my trust back in God and His promises. And even though I don't understand how that's going to be possible, I trust that it is. And I can... It took a long time, but you get, it gets better. It does take time. I've uh, <clears throat> thought about the exact thing and uh, the word that I found key to that is comfort, that we will be comforted. Doesn't mean you're not going to remember your life here when we're in heaven. Some people think that's a solution, but it's that for all the pain we may suffer here, we will be comforted by God. Right. And God is going to know how 
become good. I love that. I'm going to take that one step forward. Not only does he know how to comfort us when we are there, he knows how to comfort us while we are here too. And if we don't believe that, then depression can take us over. But if we, if we understand that he can be our comforter here while we're here on this earth, then that gives us that light at the end of the tunnel to figure out how to work our way through the depression. Our depression, our, our comfort is not only in heaven when we're there. Our comfort is in heaven while we're here. Right? That's our hope. Our God is a God of hope. Yes, sir. You know, you think about it so often when we go through the stormy, dark trials of life, the, the, the hardships, we get the news we don't want to get, the, the different things that, that happen in our lives. And, and often I, I have to stop and think about We've all seen the picture of, you know, the beach and there being the calm parts and then the the in-between where it's just the sky is horrid looking and it's scary and it goes from two sets of footprints to one. You know, back to two, and you know, well, God, why did you abandon? No, I didn't abandon you. I was carrying you. Right. You know, and remembering a lot of times when we're going through those situations, even telling myself, I'm being carried right now. You know, I may not know it, I may not see it, I may not feel it. No, I'm being carried. You know, and to, to turn those cares over to Him, no matter what, and even through the years of preaching and, and sitting and counseling with members, brothers and sisters in Christ, going through you know hard times of depression and even family members, that. One of the greatest things for them, even those that, you know, will never be able to, there's some things that with certain types of depressions, medicine will always have to take its place. But to see and, and to, to help with them and, and seeing the comfort that God brings us all the time in these prayers, just as David, you know, always relying on Him. Absolutely. No, no matter what, I mean, yeah. It, We've all, you know, and I've had people ask me, do you not get down? Because I try to be that positive person all the time. Yeah, even though those of us who are the most positive have our breaking points. We have our moments of just feeling like, can I get up again? Right. And here's the deal. But it's, it's that prayer. Absolutely. And we'll just one second. We'll be right. The, the thing about that is, is, is if we didn't have stress in our life, can we add value to someone else's life when they come to us with stressful situations? No. I don't have to experience the same type of stress. But if I've had this pristine life where I've had absolutely zero stress in my life and everything's rainbows and unicorns, and then someone comes to me with this dark cloud, I might not have had a sick spouse, but I've had a sick son that we didn't know if he was going to make it through. That has been one of the greatest blessings in our life. It focused us in many ways. So we need to make sure we use those experiences to share with other people that are struggling. And also another thing to your point is, is, yes, we'll get into this a little bit later on, there's medicines and things like that that need to take, need to be used at times or professional health. And we don't want to negate that at all. And we'll get into that. Go ahead. And then we'll move on after you. I was just going to say, sorry about my voice if you can't really hear me. Um, a lot of times, like, just personally, the, the things that have happened in my life and stuff, it's a lot, I mean, hard for me sometimes to just give it to God with just, it's something that you're supposed to do, but it's hard to let it go in your mind to just think, okay, God has control of this, and no matter what happens, like, it's going to work out, whatever He wants is best, and going on like what he was talking about with that picture, there's another one, 
and that's helped me because I mean you can't really see God, you know He's there, but it's a it's a picture of you sitting alone praying, and then it's it's saying like how it kind of feels sometimes when you're sitting alone praying, and then there's another picture next to it, and it's Jesus in front of you, holding your hand and praying with you, and that helps a lot with just. Um, giving it to God, knowing that He's right there with you through every step of the way. And just going going based on that and knowing that no matter what, even if something awful does happen, He has a plan set for you. And He's not going to give you more than you can handle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alright, so what is depression? So we're going to dig into a little bit deeper over the next couple slides. We're going to <coughs> find depression and, and get more and more in depth as we go. First, we're going to break it down Barney Rubble style. That's something we used to say in the police department. Break it down to its most basic so that way those lacking the most mentally can understand it, and that's me. It's the pressing down of the heart. So I have a little heart right here, and we're going to use this right here. So there's normal stress that we have in our, our lives every day, right? And uh, that normal stress is just situational depression, we call it. And that's whenever the heart is under stress, and then it rebounds. That's what our heart is designed for. It's, a, it's designed for stressful situations. God made it that way. But it can rebound from it. And that's how we grow, right? Maybe it's bad grades. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe it's loss of a job. Maybe it's an argument with your spouse. Maybe it's loss of a loved one. Um, maybe it's, you know, uh, the husband doesn't mow the grass as much as he should. That's a personal one right there. Um, th th there's all these little stressors in life, but you know what? Those are all normal stressors. And I don't mean to lump them all together to, to play one down. The loss of someone that you love and the loss of, of or an, an argument with a spouse. But you know what? They're all normal stressors. And what does the heart do whenever we turn it over to God, right? It rebounds. God wouldn't put normal things in our life like life and death and things like that if we couldn't hand, handle them, right? So with that being said, these are all normal stressors that we have in our lives. But, hearts are not designed to live under abnormal stress for long periods of time. So, exact same sponge, put in a book for a few days. When we let stress off to God, and we let it do its natural rebounding, and we turn it over to God, that's what happens. It rebounds. But if we have unnatural stressors in our lives that we let the heavy pressure weigh down on our hearts for a long period of time, does it maybe damage the heart a little bit? Right? You know, there's an example that is in the Bible. It's Proverbs 13 12. It says, heart deferred, what? Makes the heart sick. But I want you to know something. Is it slowly coming back? Is it as flat as it was a couple minutes ago? Or a couple seconds ago? So can the heart eventually rebound after it's been compressed for a while? After it's been under heavy stress? So does that mean that we have hope? Absolutely. So let's look at some more textbook definitions so that way we get a little bit more deeper into what depression is. Uh, depression is a condition of being literally pressed down, which we just talked about, like uh, a footprint in the sand. You got a little picture up there for you. Uh, depression can be referred to a decline or a reduction activity. So like a depressed market, for lack of a, 
a better uh, you know idea. Just you know, as as the graph goes down, it's talking about going down, being depressed. Um, Strong's definition in Greek is boreo. I'm not Greek. I hope I'm saying it right. But what it's talking about is our exact definition that we've been talking about. It's burdened. It's heavy. It's overcome. It's weighted down. Right? So, if I can have someone read the scripture on the board, we're going to talk about this a little bit. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia. But we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Alright, so here, Apostle Paul used Greek word bereo, specifically in here. And it means weighted down or pressed down. Uh, he's talking about the immense emotional pressure and severe hardship that he and Timothy suffered. Uh, at the hands of those who oppose Christ. So, even Timothy and um, Peter suffered depressed hearts, right? Absolutely. But I have a question. Where was their hope? Always in God. It was always in God. Absolutely. So let's get a little deeper into this. Let's take a moment and look at the clinical definition from the ancient times all the way to our current definition and we're going to get into what's more of the psychological depression, which is what we deal with more, more today. So, in ancient times, um, the ancient writings, uh, they, they called it melancholia, which literally translated black bile. So, that's a great definition in it. Kind of disgusting. The assumption was that a melancholy person had an excess of black bile, which caused them to be depressed. That's an in-depth study right there, right? Okay. So let's go a little, little bit more in-depth. Hopefully we can get a little bit more professional. So in the second century, a physician named Eretaeus, I assume that's how you say it, uh, referred to his, his melancholy patients. So this is an actual doctor that had patients. They were sad. They were dismayed. They were sleepless. They were thinned by their agitation and loss of refreshing, refreshing sleep. And uh, at more advanced stages, they complained of a thousand futilities and desired death. So, as far as I'm concerned, this guy was way far more advanced than the first guy. Um, so, we're moving forward with our definitions, getting a little bit better. So, you get into to our current just definition of depression, not psychological depression. It says, uh, melancholia at its worst is defined as a mental condition characterized by extreme depression bodily complaints, and often hallucinations and delusions. Obviously, this is at the extreme end of it. Um, now we're going to go into the psychological depression. So, psychology is the study of the mind relating to thoughts, feelings, and behaviors focusing on why people think, feel, and act the way they do. So when you add that to depression, the psychological depression side of it, is pertaining to mental, emotional, and behavioral characteristics of a depressed person. Um, so, cooking it down, a state in which uh, the heart is pressed down and someone is unable to experience joy. They're under a cloud of sadness, grief, guilt, and hopelessness. All the things that you guys describe. Okay? So, because you experience that, are you psych psychologically uh, depressed? No. You're not clinical, so don't worry. But, it is a real thing that if not taken care of, or uh, a professional is not helping you with, can
can get to a point where it's dangerous. And we need to keep that in mind. Yes? I, I'm just going to tag on to, to the progression piece. You know, from the chair in which I sit as a pharmacist, I see how things can kind of end up at times if, if the tide has not turned, so to speak, right. or, or that rut has not gotten out of. You know, what, one of the two most, one of the two largest factors to predict a, per, a person's propensity to be addicted to opioids or, or benzodiazepines or things like that is a history of depression. You know, so they're left unchecked. You know, unfortunately, it can it can lead to other things. And hopefully, knowing those dangers is a you know motivation to resort to the solutions that we've touched on and we'll talk about in the future. Scientists think that the next opioid epidemic uh, is loneliness, and loneliness has a lot to do. Even in our state of social media, we think we're all connected, we're really not. And so loneliness has, it's going to be a battle that, you know, compounds depression. Um, that's the beauty of a room like this, where, you know, tied together and tied to God, I, you know, I think we can prevent that, that progression from becoming to something that's really undesirable and gets tougher to dig out of. Right now. Absolutely. And thank you for your professional angle on that. Um, but one of the things that I'm always going to bring it back to is, where is our hope? Where is our hope? All right. I'm going to ask for volunteers. Who wants to read that for us? Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Let me keep going. Yep, go ahead. Okay. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, is our God a God of hope? Absolutely. Is that just a magic wand that we can wave over and read this and all of a sudden our depression is gone? No. No. But, like Austin said, when we're together like this, working through things, when we get the professional help that we need, if we need it, God is our hope. You know, oh, go ahead. if you don't mind real quick, nope. add to that, th think about this, you know, and, and as a preacher and growing up in the church my whole life, you know, you, I've heard people come and go from church going, oh, I didn't feel anything. And I think, man, some of my darkest moments, even as a preacher, hardships, just getting to sit down and read, and, and I can think back to when Holly was diagnosed with cancer, I just started preaching full time. And the man came to me and said, if you want to quit right now and, and just focus on this, we'll understand. You know, because this is going to take up a lot of your time right. and energy. And I said, no, I need this. And I did. I realized I needed, at that point in time, even as a, a new young preacher, I needed that. I needed that time in God's Word and, and, and to look forward to getting to church with everyone, right. with everything that was going on. And, and so many times we think about that at some point, somebody in one of our Bible classes and the point being made tethered to God, tethered to one another, and when we get to come together, we don't get this when we miss one another right. coming here, but somebody reading a scripture, making a comment in our class, or the preacher saying something, an elder, a deacon making a comment in, in an announcement that just lifts our spirits a little bit from right. where we were at. And when we were at our darkness, that's a lot of times when we want to pull away from those who actually care the most about us, and that's where we get weaker and weaker and weaker, right? 
All right, so uh, let's go back to our, our worksheet. <coughs> question number three. Uh, let's have a few people share their answers for, with, uh, uh, for question number three. It says, what promises in God's word give you hope in seemingly hopeless situations? Pick one or two and uh, commit them to memory. But there's a list of a few there. Does anyone have some specific scriptures that they like to use or reference? I use Matthew 28, 18 through 20. But I'm with you always. Yes, I'm with you always. Absolutely. And that is such a comfort in our darkest hours. Absolutely. Um, my go-to is Psalm 139.14, where I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and my soul knows it very well. If He is our Maker, how much do we care about us? He cares for our soul, He cares for our, our well-being, physically and spiritually. Um, I usually look at 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9. Uh, just keep Reader's Digest version for the class. Okay, well, it's kind of hard to understand, but it's like it says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hard-pressed on all sides, but not crushed. So, like, it's like God's protecting our heart, right? Absolutely. And then one more, or two more, sorry. Okay. Um, my favorite is Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with things like eagles. I just find it very encouraging when we're you know, getting tired and stressed and, you know, everything, so. You can soar. Right. Christ in your life, absolutely. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it's actually what was mentioned earlier, but no temptation, no temptation is overtaking you, this is just common to man, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So, he will give us a way of escape. Now, may that way, will that way of escape be two seconds from now, five minutes from now, maybe a week from now? It might be a month from now. But having hope and faith in God, that if He says that He is going to give us a way of escape, does that not encourage us to push forward? Absolutely. Okay, one more. Mine has always come, and this is the strangest place as when I became a Christian, from my Catholic upbringing. And it was the 23rd Psalms. Okay. Because I can always look at that. I, it's one that we all probably know by heart. And when it gets really bad, I just, it's just, I repeat it to myself going, He is there. <coughs> he is with me. And He will always be with me no matter what. Absolutely. And I, and that actually originated from my Catholic, Catholic catechism classes before I was... You know what? Even yeah. before that, it was God's before yeah. they took it. Right? So, <laughs> I just, that's always been my go-to. Okay, so uh, we're going to pick up here uh, the four classes and types of psychological depression. Um, I thank each and every one of you for your participation. I thank you for being here. Um, I pray that you each come back, and so that way we can just keep getting deeper and deeper. I know we're spending a lot of time on defining it, but it's hard to put a pin in something if you don't even know what it is. Right? Because if you don't recognize it, how are you going to solve it? Okay? So, I love each and every one of you. All right.